This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. America, it's Friday. Who would like a brand new vacation home? Who'd like an island home and your own private jet? Yes, you can. Well, you can't have one. Most people can't have one. But if you become a socialist and you're a good old socialist that makes sure you preach about the evils of the richest 1%, You can have a brand new island home and a jet of your very own, thanks to the Democratic Party. Yes, Bernie Sanders, a new holiday home on the island. He doesn't have it all year. Well, he has it all year, but, you know, he's got three houses now. He is just that Marxist. And yesterday, Donald Trump said winning this election may save his soul. And actually, when I read this story, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. But listening to it, I actually like him in this tone. I actually, I want you to hear it. Something good or has Donald surrendered? We go there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So now Jeffy told me about this story, and uh, and we were talking about it, and he said that this is Donald Trump surrendering. Because, oh. Stu, you've been talking for the last two days. He's been... Uh, as he would say, low energy. Yeah. Low energy. He's just been low energy. Now, could I ask you a question before we play this audio? Is it possible that this is the Donald Trump that everybody meets with in private that everybody likes. Possibly. I mean, it's, I don't, okay. I, everyone was saying this was such this terrible moment. I didn't think it, you know. Yeah, I didn't think it is. I actually, I actually liked it because he kind of sounded sincere. I think he was joking. Yeah. But he kind of sounded sincere like, I've got to do a good job. I want you to listen to what he said on the campaign trail. This will be maybe the most important election that our country's ever had. Maybe. So go out and spread the word, and once I get in, I will do my thing that I do very well. (laughs) And I figure it's probably, maybe the only way I'm going to get to heaven. So I better do a good job. Okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, he sounds a little bit humble there. Yeah, he does, except for I'll get to get in and do what I do very well, instead of... I thought he was close to saying, and I'm going to do my very best, which a normal person would say. But he does sound humble there. Yeah. And I'm wondering if this is the guy that everybody hears. Because you said this is Donald Trump. Oh, defeated. Defeated Donald yeah, Trump. over. 
done. You, th- you really think that? I do. I don't think he's done by any means. No, in his head, do you think in his he's head, feeling I think, defeated? I feel like this is the first time in a long time that he's thinking, holy crap, I might just lose, lose this thing and might lose it badly. That does not, I don't actually subscribe to that. I, I think he probably has at least one, maybe two runs in him before this thing, uh, before we actually start casting votes. I mean, yeah, I think he, I think he has, I think he has uh, possibly one more chance, to, two more chances, you're right, two more chances to run it back up and do something stupid and lose a little, but he's running out of runway. Yeah, I mean, he needs to obviously, but, yeah, but again, like, we don't know what would have happened if uh, the focus on the campaign was him or his opponent being endorsed by the father of a terrorist a couple of days ago. We don't, we don't know what would have happened because of that, because he obviously made his Second Amendment remarks and that took over the media cycle. I mean, there's going to be she's going to make mistakes, too. There's going to be Russian emails that come out that make her look terrible. Well, here's the new. Here's the here's the latest. Listen to this. They are showing now from uh, the latest dump that uh, George Soros, his people and George himself were in contact with Hillary Clinton over Albania when she was secretary of state. He was urging her to uh, uh do what he wanted done in Albania. I, I tell you, I am, after reading the TPP, and honestly, I was going over my commercials today and what I was going to say in some of my commercials. Let me just, let me give you this without the commercial with it. Um, in 1988, an article in The Economist predicted the sacrifice of some economic sovereignty of nation states. The end of the dollar's world reserve status and the rise of the IMF as a bridge to a single global currency. Well, first of all, the sacrifice of economic sovereignty of nation states, that's coming and it's already happening. Um, The end of the dollar's world reserve status, that is on its way. The rise of the IMF, is it's rising right now because of the instability of all of the currency around the world. And is a bridge to a single global currency. It went on to say that investors should get ready for a global currency by 2018. Wow. Now, remember, this was written 30 years ago. Pretty close. Jeez. That's astonishing. And I saw that. And I thought to myself, these guys, as much as I have learned... In the last 10 years, I understand it, it, it for the first time, George Soros is even spookier than he has ever been. He is scarier than he has ever been to me. And so are these progressives. I think they have been laughing at us. All of the stuff that we have tried to do where we're like, hey, we got to we got to get in front of this. We got to, you know, we got to educate ourselves. They, we haven't even been, we didn't know who Woodrow Wilson was. We don't even know. Most people don't even know why the White House correspondence dinner uh, went into effect. What the Council of Foreign Relations, they get into this conspiracy thing. It's not. They they don't know the the things that we've learned um, over the last couple of weeks because of the book Liars uh, about LBJ and how all of that happened and what they were doing. We didn't, we, we don't pay attention that another progressive, Nixon, tried to get 
all handguns removed. Now we're not paying attention to the TPP. We didn't know any of the past. We're educating ourselves self still on the past. And as we were doing that, Common Core all of a sudden reared its ugly head. We're like, what the hell is this? They're already not teaching history to our kids prior to 1880. In many schools, they don't learn any American history prior to 1880. They've already done it. America 2.0 is already here. But I'm getting the distinct feeling that what is coming has already been planned. The net, the safety net for it to fall into is already done. The ship has already sailed. Exactly what George Soros said. The ship has already sailed, and it's not coming back to this port. It's, it is frightening what is happening in the world right now. Some would say we're doomed. <laughs> we're not you. No, um, no, not you. No, no, not me. You mean you. You say that all the time. <laughs> yes. It is. I mean, do you guys feel this way? I had a lady in our studio audience yesterday. And... Um, she became a little overwhelmed, and she said, look, I know, I trust God, and I know he has it in his hands, and I, I know all of this. She said, but I feel, and I, I describe it as almost like, you know, when you don't know, when somebody calls you and says, like a doctor calls you and says, I think you have cancer, we're going to run some more tests, and then you run those tests on a Friday and they can't give you the results until Monday or Tuesday. And those days are hell. And you're just like, I can't take the waiting. Even if I have cancer, it's better to know I have cancer. And then when the doctor says you have cancer, you're like, ooh, I actually kind of like the idea of having a little bit of hope that I don't have cancer. I was wrong. You know what I mean? This woman said to me, she is... She can't take the stress of waiting for the shoe to drop. She knows it's coming. Just drop the damn shoe. And I keep thinking to myself, no, because I still have a itsy bitsy hope. It's like, you know what it is? How we're all going to feel when we know Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States. Right now, if it turns out that Donald Trump is, we will still have a little bit of hope, even me, because we'll be like, okay, 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 well, maybe he won't be so bad. Maybe, maybe he'll get it. Maybe all of a sudden he won't be somebody who has people chanting like he did this week, put the press in jail, put him in jail, put him in jail. That's spooky. Maybe he won't be that guy. I have none of that hope for Hillary Clinton. None. Uh... We're going to feel like that on the day after the election. Whew. Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> Scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, they're so far ahead of us. Right. Uh, they, they, and this is, uh, you've laid this out very well in Liars and, and on Fox and many times. This is a long-term plan, and long-term thinking gets rewarded over the long um, over term. The long term. We've, we've never been patient as conservatives. We've never right. had the patience to come up with a hundred-year plan and then see it through and know that the change is going to come incrementally. 
not going to happen right now. It just isn't. You're, you're going to have to wait for the next guy and the guy after that and the one guy or woman after that and that, and so on. And that's what they've been doing yeah. since uh, William Jennings Bryan made that big speech in the 1890s. Yes. We want to lose weight right now. Yeah, right. Don't we, want do. to wait. we want it right, right now. And we're not willing to even try a plan. If you say somebody, well, we need a 100-year plan. They're like, ah, 100 years, shut up. I, mean, I can't wait 100 years. We don't have 100 years. The fact is we don't, but we should be at least planning for it, right? You should be, we should be doing everything we possibly can to save this union. Abraham Lincoln certainly did. The, the interesting thing is going to be to see how this, oh, this is a really spooky conversation. Yes, it? it is. It's a really spooky conversation. Um, the interesting thing is going to be because the best laid plans don't usually work out that way. When you, because there's too many, the world, if you're going to replace the, the world's reserve currency, that means every country in the West is on fire, is destabilized. Every hundreds of millions of people have nothing. They don't have a way to buy food. They don't have a way. I mean, dictators will crop up. You, you are looking at a completely unstable world. What is their plan to hold that together? Which is frightening. Yeah, I don't know. Which is frightening. I mean, everybody asks, why would they do this? It'll lead to chaos. Well, that's, that's been the goal. That's been the goal all along, right? Because that's what brings about heat, the change they want heat is the chaos. Yeah, heat the world. Yeah. Never heat let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. Right. It goes to the, the uh, Piven. Uh, Ploward and Piven. Ploward and Piven thing. Yeah, and you know, it's, all of that. But it's also, this has, happened, this has happened before. You know, every time technology greatly changes, there's war. We, we, we had great upheaval in technology around 1860 we we started to have machinery that the cotton gin and everything else it started changing things and we started having we started the beginning of the industrial age upheaval same thing um, in in Europe by 1870 upheavals you had the same thing in uh, in the 1930s in the 1920s technology changed we all start living in the cities you know, between 1900 and 1930, upheaval. Technology changed again in the 60s, upheaval. It's changing now. It's really, it's, it's a pattern that repeats itself. It's a pattern that if you were smart, you would have seen coming. We have seen it coming just based on technology. So we know there's going to be massive displacement. It's how we hold ourselves together and hold on to each other that's going to make all the difference in the world. And now this. Um, we run several companies um, here, and I know what it is like to be shorthanded, running the company, uh, count, counting the money, making sure that you have enough. You know, it's like uh, in um, It's a Wonderful Life where... Mama dollar and daddy dollar need to go back in the safe and have little baby dollars, like Jimmy Stewart said in that movie. Um, I know what it's like 
And when you're trying to hire somebody, the last thing you have time for is to is to write the job description and then to take all the phone calls and then place the ads in a million different places. You need something simple. May I suggest ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter, right now, you can use it for free. Now, we have hired people off of ZipRecruiter. Zip we hired one of our, one of our managers through ZipRecruiter. Um, literally, did, I kept saying to the staff, do we have any candidates yet? And they said to me, we're putting it through ZipRecruiter tonight. It'll be on 100-plus job sites. We'll have some stuff in the next couple of days. The next day, the next day, I had qualified candidates that we could go through, and we hired from that group the next day. ZipRecruiter. Try it for free right now. You're a hardworking businessman. They'll help you. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. You can try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. We're just continuing our conversation off the air about, um, you know, how do you have, you know, if you're going to go to a one world currency, which I believe that we are now working on, you can't bring the rest of the world up to American standards. You have to bring America down to the world standards. So you've got to make parity of of all of the economic standards. And quite honestly, I think that's why they're trying to just, I mean, it's almost like they're planning on wiping us out. And they're sowing the seeds of discontent. Black Lives Matter. George Soros is paying for that. And we know he's part of this whole upheaval. Yeah, and if you think that's about Black Lives Mattering, uh, wait, till we, <laughs> wait till we get into the new platform that they came up with and published this week. It's, it's outrageous. Can you give us some of it? Uh, yeah, they want uh, an end to the war on black people. They want reparations. They want investment and divestment uh, from uh, certain things. Uh, investment. Economic justice. Wait, wait, wait. what is divestment? Investment and Invest divestment. from prison, fossil fuels, police, surveillance, corporations, decrim- decriminalization and records expunged. So they want, wait, wait, they want to divest, they want us they, they want to be divested from the prison system and the yeah, police? Right. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they oh. want economic justice, progressive restructuring of tax codes. Uh, we, we already have that. Uh, and a right to restore land, clean air, clean water and housing. What does that sound like other than the Soviet Constitution? Uh, community control, political power. They want police out of their neighborhoods and out of their communities. Basically, they want their it's own land. Un- they want their own country. It is what they Correct. want. And they want to start from... And they, and they want it to be essentially a communist country. Can I tell you something? I, I would so... I know we said this jokingly a few years ago. 
I would so gladly say, go ahead, we'll take Texas. Right, I know. All you progressives, get <laughs> out too. of here. If you, if you want to live on the Constitution and you want to be a country that pulls itself up by its bootstraps... Come to Texas. We'll come, come to Texas. Everybody else, get the hell out. Right. We'll build a giant wall. You'll never hear from us again. You don't ever... We, you can live your way and we won't bother you. We have Just a, don't bother us. Don't bother us. A big, beautiful door to let people in and out. No, I probably no, not. No, there's no big, no, I don't think door. there's a door. Okay. No. I don't think there's a door. <laughs> you're either here or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can banish people. There might be a one-way door <laughs> where we can banish you. If you start on this progressive nonsense, we just spit you out the door. Uh, maybe a big slingshot type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah over the big, huge wall. Yeah, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly. A wall I mean, so can big, we... you, can, you can see it from... Uranus, if you will. His anus? That's huge. That's huge. That's Wait, no, huge. he was, yes. wasn't looking at it. <laughs> oh, he was, oh, oh, the planet. The planet. Oh, the planet. Yeah. Okay. That's still huge. Not as big, but still huge. If you're going to see big. it from, yeah. from uh, planet. <laughs> so, have we gone too far? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Good. Well, um, coming up in uh, just a second, we're going to get to the Black Lives Matter stuff. And, and we have two candidates. One that says we're going to not let any more Muslims in and we're going to uh, kick a lot of them out. Or the other one says Muslims, they're so much better than Christians or even Mother Teresa. Which way do you go? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This week, we have had the American Olympian, uh, the fencer, the Muslim fencer, who has uh, an obsession of victimization in America, says she doesn't feel safe in the United States of America. We have also had Ahmed the Clock Boy, who is, um, I don't think that's his actual name, but we'll go with him. Actual name is Clockmed. (laughs) <laughs> clock med yes. clock med the clock kid okay. mm-hmm. uh, anyway trying to shake down Texas uh, and he's um, he says he doesn't feel safe living here but he's only here to file suit I think he's going back to the Middle East all they want is 15 million dollars that would just make oh, is that it? a little bit better okay you could just give him 15 million I right. think they're going to be willing to take more Okay. But 15 was the rough draft. That's a nice start. Then we have a candidate on the left that refuses to say that there is a problem in Islam at all. And all of these killings, uh, we don't know what the killers want. We'll have no idea what the killers want. And in fact, we've got to bring a whole bunch of people that have been poorly vetted into the United States. And then we have another guy who says, I don't trust Muslims. We've got to keep them all out. One of the bravest men uh, I know, and a guy who, you know, could very well uh, end his days with, without a natural death. Jeez. Because he knows wow. it. He knows it. Uh, because he is outspoken. 
in the Islamic community, and he takes a stand against evil. He is the author of a book, uh, Battle for the Soul of Islam, an American Muslim Patriot's Fight to Save His Faith. Um, I hired him at the blaze um, because he's brave and he has a voice that should be heard. His name is Dr. Zudi Jasser, and he's with us now. He's on the Blaze Radio uh, at uh, theblaze.com slash radio. He does a podcast. Can we go through some of these things, uh, Zudi? Absolutely. Thank you, Glenn. It's, uh, I'm so glad to join your team. And, you know, the podcast is Reform This. Uh, you know, we can we address uh, every week issues that uh, people think there are no Muslims talking about, and we talk about it at the Blaze Radio. So, so, so tell me, let's start with, let me start with the um, American Olympian, the fencer, who says that she doesn't feel safe in America, and she didn't really paint us as a great place. Well, you know, what, what's so central about this, Glenn, is this runs right at the core, the epicenter of this battle. You have, and we teach our youth at our Muslim Liberty Project that they are Americans who happen to be Muslim. Not Muslims who demand, you know, not not Muslims who demand to be American. Very different concept. And unfortunately, here's a woman who probably is clearly at the top of her sport uh, as a fencer. And rather than just be like every other American Muslim, that there are Muslims in pro basketball and hockey and uh, many other sports that people say, oh, wow, I didn't know they were Muslim. But no, she, because she wore a hijab, uh, ended up getting all this notoriety to the point that Time Magazine was writing editorial that no, not the uh, unbelievable, most decorated Olympian in history, Michael Phelps, should be waving the flag. No, it should be her, which was, I yeah. find, almost insulting. It's like this affirmative action program for Muslims, which is, you know, listen, stop the bigotry of low expectations. And she doesn't just sort of be quiet and do the non-political thing that every other Olympian does. She goes and starts giving interviews with foreign media that she's afraid to walk the streets in New York because she'll be attacked. She's walking on eggshells. No, she doesn't talk about the billions of people who live under oppression in Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Iran, Egypt, all these countries. No, she complains about the freest country on earth that gave her a platform to meet with the president, the uh, Michelle Obama, uh, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, all these others. That's you know that's the country that she says she's afraid to to be in, which is just I find. Uh, a legacy that is going to destroy our community. You see why I say he's a brave uh, Muslim? Uh, so, Zudi, let me play devil's advocate with someone who, let's um, play both sides here, with a country, with a president and a Democratic uh, presidential candidate who refuse to say anything except praise for Islam will not recognize that there's any problem, who are shipping 500% more um, refugees in from Syria with horrible vetting um, and blaming America. And then on the other side, a presidential candidate who's like, I don't trust Muslims, got to get them out of here. You could see how there's going to be some trouble on the streets if you are Muslim. What? What do we do here between these two candidates? Which one is which poison is better? Well, it's it's uh, 
I have to tell you, remember C.S. Eliot in Mere Christianity said, sometimes the devil presents you with two very opposite choices, and the moral thing is to choose neither. And, you know, this is sort of where we are, is that the, the lumping of Islam all as one, whether it's to say they're all problem or none of them are the problem, is, is foolhardy and actually prevents a, a more moderate approach and more, or more 21st century approach to Islam let alone in America. You always talk about our founding fathers, Glenn. Imagine our founding fathers approaching Christianity as they fought against theocracy to say, oh, it's either all bad or all good, when in fact the greatest country in the planet was formed by a battle against theocracy by very devout Christians who weren't afraid to to declare their love for their faith and for Christ and their belief in, in God, but yet rejected the, the establishment of religion. And I think this is where Islam is, and both the presidents and the, and the left and the, those on the right who believe that Islam is all one and we should just sort of declare war on all of it, not only is that not a solution, but it actually alienates the very people from within the faith that need to become um, reformed towards a national sovereignty and belief and separation of mosque and state. This is why we're losing the war against ISIS. We're not working with Muslims that want national sovereignty that separates mosque and state, and we're alienating the very ones. And the president and the left continue to kowtow to the dictators of the Middle East that want to tell us that their Islam is the one we all have to follow. Sudi, um, Ahmed the Clock Kid, this is a kid that, I mean, this, this is the town these studios are in. And I know the mayor, and she is the farthest thing from a bigot. And um, and that's not what's that that's not what's happening here. Now, are there people who are bigots? I'm sure bigots exist all around the world, but that's not what happened here. This kid intentionally, the, the one of his teachers, the first teacher said, "Put that away and don't let anybody see it. It looks like a bomb." You have we can't have a level two look like finger gun. And he brings something a teacher describes as a looks like a bomb, put it away. He intentionally took it out, was showing it to everyone. The police were called. It is not a NASA experiment like that. He took parts of a clock radio out and put it in a little case. Now he is suing for how much money? $15 million? Suing for $15 million. And he's not even living here anymore. He's living it overseas. Is, it is absurd. And and the fact that they can shake us down. I mean, you remember you and I uh, first started to talk nationally when you invited me on your program back when you were CNN. We were talking about the flying imams. You remember that case where they shook down U.S. Right. airways and settled for an undisclosed amount because of the the absurdity of praying outside a gate? They then sued the passengers and Congress right. intervened That's to protect right. them. To see right. something, say something. How can we live in a culture where our government tells us to see something, say something, when a principal at a school does so, and now, and now they have to be afraid that they're going to be sued and and called bigots because a kid brings a box that looks like a bomb? I mean, it's a, it is it is beyond absurd. And the only way we can do this is to make examples of them and not allow the shakedown to happen and to stand against this lawfare, because that's what Sharia is about. It's about preventing free speech. That's why they don't call it bigotry against Muslims. They call it Islamophobia. Why? Because 
they want to prevent criticism of Islam, which is an idea. And I, as a Muslim, our Muslim reform movement says that we don't believe ideas have rights. Islam doesn't have any rights. It's an idea. Human beings have rights. Our constitution is about protecting human beings. Ahmed the clock boy has rights, but he doesn't have a right against criticism of bringing in a box that looks like a bomb when we're threatened by radical Islamists. But what are we going to, what do we do about it, Zudi? Because, uh, you know, our kids go to jail or go and are kicked out of school, have it on their permanent record, literally if they point their finger in the shape of a gun. This kid comes in, and I'm telling you, have you guys seen the local news? You've been watching the local news with this? They are bending over backwards for this kid. Seeing these attorneys who are bending over backwards and making this kid into the biggest victim is obscene. What does the average person do? Well, the average person has to push back at every level, media, government, universities, and begin to say that the insinuation of beyond political correctness, but the the fact that we will not have protected classes uh, of, of groups Islam is, is an idea. It's not, these are not human beings that uh, um, are being threatened. Uh, we are trying to confront an ideology that threatens us, and that is, as we saw in Nice, where they plowed a, a car into human beings. Uh, they will use any means necessary with the softest targets possible, and the only way to protect a free society without losing our freedom is to allow people to feel the comfort of reporting anything they see. And certainly, if they happen to be Muslims, we should deal with it, because you know what? We have a cancer within our community, which is Islamism, political Islam. And until Americans start seeing us rising up all over the country, not only in the streets, but ideologically within the mosques, within our Islamic institutions to reform these concepts, we have to be ready to put up with some profiling. And listen, I don't want our rights taken away, but at least be ready to be inconvenienced a little bit, and if we're not, you're going to end up actually dividing this country more than helping. I have kids that are all in grade school, junior high, and high school, all three of them. And listen, I'd much rather have them, you know, uh, live a little bit concerned about inconvenience than end up later where it divides us to the point where they're no longer comfortable being American, which is why I'm doing all this work. Dr. Zudi Jasser, um, now heard on the uh Blaze Radio, blaze.com slash radio, has a a podcast called Reform This. Um, He is launching a new website next week, takebackislam.com. What is your life like, Zudi? Do you have have a lot of threats on your life? There are some. We, uh, we, you know, the security profile, it's it's interesting. While most of the threats come from ISIS types, radical Islamists, we also get some from the neo-Nazi types that think I'm... uh, apologist and doing katiya and lying about Islam, et cetera. So it's very complicated. I have to tell you, I don't like to talk about it much because it pales in comparison to what real heroes in the prisons of Syria and Saudi Arabia, Iran, yeah. that truly have no freedom. I mean, this is the least we can do is to, to and if Muslims don't do this, the West, 70% of the world lives under some type of oppressive force. And, and you set aside China and Russia, the rest is all Islamists that are destroying the world's freedom. And they're coming to the West if we don't begin to defend what we believe in and our constitutional principles. You worried at all about uh, what's happening over in Germany with uh, the laws that are being made now? And the, the, I mean, there's, it's a ticking time bomb. I mean, fascism is going to come back in, in Germany and the rest of Europe. Are you concerned about that, Zudi? 
Very. And, 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 you know, listen, I was actually very happy about Brexit because the EU's dissolution of national identity was one of the reasons Islamism was taking such root in the immigrant communities there. And the opposite reaction to that was the neo-national, you know, neo-fascism of many of the movements. And the only way to find a middle ground there is to support secular nationalism of Britain, of, of Germany and Belgium in in a, a re-establishment of the ideas of li- true classical liberalism and democracy that Europe was built on. And the only way to do that is to push back against the Islamists and the neo-fascists by re-resurrecting what their national identity is. And just two days ago, a Brit was given 12 months of detention and community service because he wrote a statement on Facebook that he didn't want any of those Muslims coming into the country. I mean, if you can't write things publicly and have free speech to do that, the Brits are starting to buckle down like the Saudis. I mean, this is going to cause their countries to to bust at the seams. And we can't do that. We have to stand by our, our constitutional principles and human rights. Dr. Zudi Jasser, author of the book uh, Battle for the Soul of Islam and heard this weekend on The Blaze Radio at theblaze.com slash radio. Zudi, thank you very much. We pray for you. If you want to sell your house, maybe you need to sell your house. You want an agent that you can trust, an agent who's going to tell you the truth and then does what it takes to get your home sold, that sees you not as just another person on a long list of houses that they have to sell but somebody who knows how to sell houses and sees you as a person. When Tanya and I tried to sell our home, we went through several real estate agents. and They had good ideas but couldn't get the job done. Um, that's why we started realestateagentsitrust.com. Our goal is to connect you with an agent who can help you sell your home as quickly as possible for the best price possible with integrity and actually make this a good experience. Agents who are just like you, fans of the show, similar values, and it is working. Houses that have been sitting on the market for months are now selling, and people are able to take that burden off their backs. Get moving right now. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com, where our individually selected agents will work to earn your business. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Progressive liars and the progressive lies they tell. From the uh, new book Liars: How Progressives Exploit Our Fears for Power and Control, number one best-selling book in America. Thanks to you, uh, we have the final chapter in our two-week series, and we end with Barack Obama and the lovely and talented Hillary Clinton. Oh, good. On Liars. That serial is coming up. And also at the bottom of next hour, we have uh, Judicial Watch, who have gotten those Clinton emails out. Coming up. Mercury.
off air getting ready for the show today about how I've always known about the, I shouldn't say that, the last 10 years I've known about the progressive agenda. I knew what Woodrow Wilson did and FDR did, JFK, and I mean, uh, uh, LBJ. But I had no idea how far this globalist plan has really gone. It is stunning how far along this really is. We have our heads in the sands. My new book, Liars, How Progressives Exploit Our Fears for Power and Control, it is out now. Thank you for making it the number one best-selling book in America. If you haven't gotten it yet, let me give you another taste of it. We've been airing our serial on Progressive Liars for the past two weeks. We end our serial today by focusing on the product of all of the progressive prophets that we have discussed, Barack Obama. And we start there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is a guy who lives in my neighborhood, who's a uh, professor of English, who engaged in detestable acts 40 years ago when I was eight years old. Ayers has never repented and has said as late as 2001, he wished he had done more to stop the war. But the relationship between Obama and Ayers went much deeper, ran much longer, and was much more political than Obama said. Chicago, Illinois, July 1995. The future president of the United States stood in the living room of a domestic terrorist. They were in Hyde Park a Chicago neighborhood of tree-lined streets dotted with handsome old stones and brick houses. In this highly segregated city, Hyde Park stands out as a vibrant, racially diverse, but monolithically leftist melting pot. There couldn't be a more fitting place for a future commander-in-chief to live, just mere blocks away from former domestic terrorist, not to mention Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. Hyde Park is the home to the prestigious University of Chicago. But venture just a few blocks outside the neighborhood and you'll find yourself in the middle of Chicago's notorious South Side. The ivory tower of elitist academics looms over crippled communities riddled with drugs, gangs, and broken homes. The slums and Section 8 housing projects are home to some of the highest murder rates in the civilized world. The wreckage caused by decades of leftist rule, ironically, lies all around the progressive Hyde Park citizens, although they refuse to acknowledge it, let alone take any responsibility for it. Barry, if I have one lesson for you, Bill Ayers said, it's this. If you really want to change things, You've got to drop the radical pose for the radical ends. You're a talented community organizer. Politics is just community organizing on a larger scale. People project their hopes, their dreams, and their aspirations on you. They don't expect you to actually solve their problems, but they want you to say you'll try. End quote. Barack Obama, 
a 34-year-old aspiring politician listened to Bill Ayers intently. What matters more than what you say, Ayers continued, is how you say it. You can play on fear, but ultimately, you have to give people the antidote. And the antidote is hope. We lost a generation of progress because we didn't understand that simple rule. Obama grinned as he put out his cigarette, anticipating the arrival of his wife, Michelle, and heir's wife, Bernadine Dorn, as well as many other guests whom he would attempt to dazzle out of their money that night. The duo of heirs and Dorn was nothing if not dynamic. The two had spent almost 11 years on the run, fugitives from the law. In fact, Dorn had achieved the distinction of making the FBI's 10 most wanted list. All the more impressive, considering that only nine women have ever been listed there. What was it they were running from? Heirs, Dorn, and their weather underground co-conspirators had sought to spark a full-on communist revolution in the 1960s and 70s by destroying property and killing those who got in their way. After the two grew tired of running and finally turned themselves into authorities, only Dorn faced charges, and they were minor. Blessed with unexpected freedom, the two revolutionaries continued to adhere to their belief, never expressing remorse for their crimes. Dorn eventually landed at the prominent law firm Sidley Austin, the same firm where Barack would later meet Michelle and she later served as a professor of law at Northwestern University. Ayers reinvented himself as a professor of education at the University of Illinois, where he got to shape young minds on a daily basis, and this time without explosives. As they finished their conversation, Obama, ever the shrewd politician, asked one last question. Quote, What do I tell people if they ask about our relationship? End quote. Ayers displayed his characteristic mischievous smirk. Just tell them, I am a guy who lived in your neighborhood, end quote. He then turned and opened the front door to a stream of prospective Obama donors. As it turned out, it was the opening of a door that would one day lead to the door of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Having spent his entire life with and around radicals and revolutionaries, like his parents, anti-American communist poet and mentor Frank Marshall Davis, his pastor Jeremiah Wright, Bill Ayers, and of course, during his college years... To avoid being mistaken for such a sellout, I chose my friends carefully. The more politically active black students, the foreign students, the Chicanos, the Marxist professors and structural feminists and punk rock performance poets... Marinating in a radical progressive or communist brew like that, you might expect an openly Marxist rhetoric coming from Barack Obama. But he was smart enough to understand that it wouldn't play well with the American people. While a non-politician progressive, such as influential historian Howard Zinn, for example, will say that America's experiment has been immoral... Obama will rephrase that to say that the mistreatment of Native Americans and our original sin of slavery indicate that we must not have always lived up to our values and that we must still be better. I think we can say that uh, uh, the Constitution reflected a enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day and, and, uh, and that the framers uh, had that same blind spot. I, I don't think the two views are contradictory to say that it was a remarkable political document 
that paved the way for where we are now and to say that uh, it also uh, re reflected the fundamental flaw of this country that continues to this day. Obama may not overtly attack the rich, but he will argue that they ought to pay their fair share and that at some point people have earned enough. We're not we're not trying to push financial reform uh, because we begrudge success that's fairly earned. I mean, I, I do think at a certain point you've made enough money. He will not exhibit blatant hostility towards private business, but he will admit that he sides with labor and that regulations can help strengthen the economy while protecting the environment. I'll spend my entire adult life working with SEIU. I'm not a newcomer to this. He won't claim that America is a racist nation, but he will say that there are issues of race that still haven't been overcome and that minorities continue to have legitimate grievances. All of us as Americans should be troubled by these shootings because these are not isolated incidents. They're symptomatic of a broader set of racial disparities that exist in our criminal justice system. He will not explicitly say that his framework is dialectical, that is, based on the Marxist vision of looking at the world through a prism of competing races, classes, and sexes, such as the oppressors versus the oppressed, victimizer versus the victim. But he will admit to standing with the powerless. In Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope, almost every argument is presented as follows. Conservatives believe X, liberals believe Y. While both sides have legitimate concerns, we should respect conservatives for their beliefs. I stand with the liberals. While Obama is quick to praise the free market, such praise is almost always followed with but. During a 2005 address, he said, quote, Our greatness as a nation has depended on a belief in the free market, but it has also depended on our sense of mutual regard for each other. The idea that everyone has a stake in the country, that we're all in this together. He also famously said, It's not that I want to punish your success. I just want to make sure that everybody who is behind you, that they've got a chance at success too. I think when you spread the wealth around, it's good for everybody. So again, he doesn't want to punish your success, but there's that word when there really shouldn't be one. I love the Constitution, but... As he would later argue in a speech in Kansas, the very city where Teddy Roosevelt had delivered his famous new nationalism address a century earlier. But we simply can't return to this brand of you're on your own economics if you're serious about rebuilding the middle class in this country, end quote. To each of the progressives we've discussed in the past three weeks, the Constitution is great, but it's old. It's outdated. They couldn't have foreseen the progress that we've made and need to continue to make. Now that we've spelled out who progressives are and how and why they are who they are, what to do about it? Or as Bill Ayers would say, where's the hope? In my new book, Liars, find out the cure to progressivism. Want more cereals? You can listen to every episode at glennbeck.com slash cereals. Next week, you'll learn about Hillary Clinton's hero, Saul Alinsky. Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're, listen to this.
1988, an article in The Economist predicted the sacrifice of some economic sovereignty of the nation states and the end of the dollar's world reserve status and the rise of the IMF as a bridge to a single global currency. That was in 1998. It went on to say investors should be ready for a new global currency by 2018. That was written 30 years ago in The Economist. I think that, I mean, it's almost like somebody's been planning this. Globalists are playing the long game, and their goal is total, open centralization of economic and geopolitical power in the hands of a few financial elites. This is what we told you about with the TPP. This is global governance, and it is the first step towards global government, an EU of America. And it is clear we're going there. Man, I think of George Soros and what he said to us when he said the ship has sailed. You better be on it or not, but there's no, it's not coming back here. Holy cow. I want you to be prepared. Quote, um, people should get ready for the global currency by 2018. Here's a way you can do that. Call Goldline today. Gold or silver. 1866 Goldline. 1866 Goldline. Buy with confidence with their price guarantee program and, and act now to ensure you acquire the special gold bullion units. These are square kind of coins, they're currency from the Perth Mint, first of its kind, tenth of an ounce, easy to trade. Call 866 465 3546. Read their important risk information and find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. But do it now. 866-GOLD-LINE. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The progressive agenda is very, very clear and farther along than we thought. But as we learn in the book Liars, the the Fabian socialists, they need to heat the world up and then mold it to closer to their heart's desire. But I don't think you can put this genie back in the bottle. For instance, George Soros has been paying a lot of money for Black Lives Matter. He has been funding a lot of this. Now, when you start having people believe some of the stuff that Pat is going to share with us, you don't put this genie back in the bottle. How How do you calm this group down and come to some sort of understanding of one world government. Well, surely, if you just do these few things they've requested, everything. Okay, it's just fine. a couple of things, and, right. they, and they do so say. It's, so it's just they did all they really want is just to investigate the police, right? Make sure that sure. the police, the bad guys, are out. Yeah, well, right. that's. I mean, they got a couple other demands okay. because uh, Glenn, obviously, I mean, it's understandable. They're, they're a collective that centers and is rooted in black communities, but recognize they have a shared struggle with all oppressed people. Thank you. Collective. Liberation will be a product of all their work. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not all about blacks. Uh, it's also about women, queer, trans, femmes, gender nonconforming, Muslim, formerly and currently incarcerated, cash poor, working class, differently abled, undocumented, and immigrant, of course. I mean, you, you can't leave those people out. There can be no liberation for all black people if they do not center and fight for those who have been marginalized. That's why they well, want the war. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's, it's, it's closer all, to it's, all it's lives. Closer matter, to all lives. White except people. whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All lives except whites matter. Well, but um, whites can be femmes. Yes. Right. And if the white femmes lives, I, I just, Jeffy, could you just Google search? No, don't Google. Well, I, I just want to know what femmes are. I know, but Jeffy shouldn't Google. I don't that. think you want to know oh, what yeah. femmes are, but. Um, I will say this. The, you know this platform that? is obviously wholly against capitalism. Uh, is that what it says? Yes. Okay. Wholly against capitalism, mm-hmm. war, and white supremacy. I guess it's not H-O-L-Y. That's probably not mentioned in the document. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want an immediate end, of course, to criminalization of black youth. Uh, you. Zero tolerance policies. Wait, wait hold on. All police Wait, removed end, from all schools. An end to the criminalization of black, of black youth, youth. Meaning that what? A, a, a young black person could not, not commit a crime. Commit a crime. Okay. Oh. Of course. Um, okay. Well, they that's... want to relocate all the police funds to black schools. Also an end to capital <laughs> okay. punishment, bail, about, yeah. court fees, no more criminal history disclosure uh, for loans, licenses, employment, they want reparations for past and continuing harassment, payment in the form of free education for all blacks for life, undocumented and former current criminals, retroactive forgiveness of all college debt, a guaranteed minimum wage. Oh, my gosh. With corporate regulations, uh, public school curriculums will teach against colonialism and slavery and how that's injured the black community to this day. Now, they also want some investment in education, (laughs) health, and safety for blacks, divestment from prison, fossil fuels, police, surveillance, the usual. That includes decriminalization of records expunged for all drug-related offenses and prostitution. Universal health care is a constitutional right, and uh, so is a fully funded education. Also, they want to cut in military spending, and I'm not sure how that fits into all this, but economic justice (laughs) is naturally going to be a part of this. Progressive restructuring of tax codes and a right to restore land, clean air, clean water, and housing. An end to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That's the one thing I think we can all agree on. Yeah, right. <laughs> and renegotiate all trade agreements and prioritize for black communities. Then they want community control. They demand a world where those most impacted in their communities control the laws, institutions, and policies. From their schools, well, uh, local budgets, economies. That can happen. All they have to do is vote. Uh, that's not enough, Glenn. <laughs> it's cute that you right. marginalize them that way. But no, I don't not mean marginalize. I mean, it's not going to work anymore. All right. Then they also want political power. They demand independent black political power and black self-determination in all areas of society. Uh, uh, is that too much to ask? Uh, I don't left, think so. Don't. Out, it's a couple little demands. Uh, you left out uh, no more cages, jail cells, or shackling handcuffs. <laughs> right. Okay? But doesn't that, I mean, doesn't that mean that, that no uh, one ever goes go to jail? Like, so what, there are no laws? Is there any way to punish someone who would commit a crime? If I know black youths can't commit crime, but couldn't other people commit crime? Yes. Not if they're black or femmes. Well, <laughs> right. did you look up femme for me? 
What about black fems? Can black fems? Is it F E M M E S? F E M M E S. Yes. You know from history there are a lot of violent fems. Black fems. I I think that was a rock band. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a band. I think that was just a rock band. I could be mistaken. Did you look it up yeah, for me? I did. What, what does it say? A, a lesbian or an effeminate male homosexual who takes a traditionally feminine sexual role. Okay. Wait, say it uh, one more time. Okay. One more time. A lesbian right. or an effeminate male homosexual. That would be like, uh, uh, what's his name in the birdcage? Correct. Uh, okay. Not Nathan Lane. Yeah. Nathan Lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Takes a traditionally feminine sexual role. Yeah. But I thought you weren't supposed to call them that. That was. I, they can call so, themselves that. Okay. I don't know what anybody wow. is anymore. I, I don't know. Crazy. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Judicial Watch is a group that's been around for a while, and these are the guys that um, they go after and, and try to, you know, um, keep the government honest and 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 give us some transparency. Um, earlier this week, there was a story about the FBI going to the Justice Department and saying, "You got to open up a case on the Clinton Foundation," and the Justice Department. I don't know if they were still unpacking the bags of cash in the airplane where, you know, they met with Bill Clinton. I know, I'm not sure what happened, uh, but they said, no, there's nothing to see there. Um, this week, Judicial Watch released nearly 300 pages of State Department records that apparently contradict statements that Hillary Clinton has made in the past. We have Tom Fitton with us. He's the president of Judicial Watch. We wanted to get him on because... These guys do amazing work. Tom, welcome to the program. Hey, good to be with you, sir. Thanks for having me. So tell me what, tell me in the 300 pages, what did you guys find that America should be talking about today? Well, Mrs. Clinton's aide, Yuma Abedin, who's deputy chief of staff uh, at the State Department, had an email account on that Clinton email system, right? Mm-hmm. And she was using that to work with the Clinton Foundation to take care of folks. And the Clinton Foundation's executive, these emails show, Doug Band, B-A-N-D, contacted Cheryl Mills, her chief of staff, Clinton's chief of staff in Aberdeen, for, to set up a meeting on Middle, Middle Eastern Lebanese uh, policy for Mr. Shigori, a Nigerian Lebanese businessman, not an American. He's a billionaire. Uh, guess who, where he donated some of his money? The Clinton Foundation, between one and five million dollars. So even the big media looked at that and said, whoa, here. This is obviously a conflict. Mrs. Clinton promised as a condition of employment at the Secretary of State that she'd stay out of the Clinton Foundation business, and yet uh, almost instantaneously her top people are figuring out ways how to take care of a donor. Tom, are you surprised? Give me a hint on um, if this would have been done in the 90s. 
what size scandal would this have been? Well, it was done in the 90s. It was done by the Clinton administration and the Clinton White House, where they were taking care of uh, Chinese communist-backed donors, <laughs> giving them access so it does, to the it, White so House. It's, it, so it's really never mattered with the Clintons, has it? A par for the course. Uh, okay. Tiger didn't change its stripes. She came in and monetized public office for private gain, not only for the foundation, but recall Bill Clinton was getting speaking fees while her, uh, his wife was Secretary of State, uh, from every uh, foreign government you can imagine and major corporations here in the United States, and it was all going to their personal bottom line, now even to the foundation, well over uh, $45 million worth. Well, anybody who leaves the White House, in their own words, flat broke, and then, you know, 16 years later, they're worth over $100 million. I mean, what the hell do they do for that? you got to earn a living. Yeah, you do after. Tell me the connection between Morgan Stanley and the Clinton Foundation. Well, another big uh, supporter of the Clinton Foundation and the chairman of Morgan Stanley uh, was wanted to talk shop, uh, shop with Mrs. Clinton on China policy. And, of course, she opened the door up to that. And I think, in fact, they actually did have a meeting, uh, but they were in regular communication. But is there any is there any smoking gun that shows that? You pay money to the Clinton Foundation, and then you get a payoff other than a meeting with her, which is bad enough. But is there anything that is showing that you got anything? Well, the closest thing to that is circumstantial, which is the uh, Russian takeover of the uranium market here in the United States after giving tons of money to the Clinton Foundation uh, in a secret and dishonest way. Uh, as a result, uh, it looked like that Mrs. Clinton was on a uh, – her vote was for – to allow, essentially, the takeover on the special government committee that was supposed to protect the national security from things like that. Uh, that was on the front page of the New York Times, so what do I know? Um, when you, when you um, look at all of this, we have one of the biggest liars in the history of America – being embraced by uh, her whole party, um, being rewarded with the presidency. We have Putin going after her, um, and I don't think it's about her. I think it's about a disruption of our system. Sure. Um, And he is releasing documents through WikiLeaks. Well, first of all, do you believe that this is the Russians releasing things and using WikiLeaks as one of their arms? Uh, certainly, you have all the hallmarks of Russian okay. activity in uh, the targeting and the uh, timing of these document releases, okay. that's for sure. So, I mean, nobody seems to care about what Russia is leaking, which is stunning what Russia is leaking through WikiLeaks. Do you think they have more on her that they could blackmail? Is Do you have any sense of um, WikiLeaks or the Russians? Are Are, are they... Are they the type that would just play it all? Do we expect an October surprise? Um, uh, you know, uh, or, or are they sitting back going, geez, I mean, the Americans don't give a flying crap. I mean, at least people in Russia care a little bit when they, when they uh, do their, their crimes over in Russia. You know, I'm not so much concerned, and I don't think we should focus so much about what the Russians may or may not have or WikiLeaks may or may not have. 
you know, this process was a legal one that we went after. We sued for documents, and the law required they turn them over to us, and they're going to give us other batches. The FBI went and recovered some of the deleted emails, several thousand emails by all accounts. We'll be getting those emails. So we know there's going to be new material from the legal United States process, uh, and it's, you can see what the results are and the consequences are in the well, news this week. But what I'm at, but what I, I think what I'm trying to get to is, um, you know, if if you release them or if Russia releases them, you know, you would think that a foreign government could hack in and get things, and then they would have it over her head. But I think we've created even a, a, even a worse monster here that both candidates have learned it doesn't matter what they do or what they say. You can release anything. So if, if, if you have something that you're pulling out or the Russians are pulling out right. and trying to use for blackmail, it doesn't matter. And when that doesn't matter, who do these people with this much power really become? Well, I, I think that that is the crisis we face here in Washington where the rule of law can't, doesn't work as well as it should have. It should against uh, with politicians like uh, Mrs. Clinton, where you've got this in-your-face violation of the law. You have the FBI director say, oh, well, she violated the law on the classified, um, handling classified information, but we shouldn't enforce it because it wouldn't be fair. Uh, that, that's just third-world approach to law enforcement. And uh, you're right. Uh, there's got to be accountability. It's not working the way it should, but... Uh, you know, all we can do is what we can do. And, right. you know, my guess is if you ask Mrs. Clinton if she thinks she's been held accountable on the email scandal, uh, she probably feels like, uh, you know, she's been battered by it. And right. uh, so there is accountability. It's not perfect, but uh, it's far better than what we're able to get in other countries. Because uh, I tell you, Glenn, this is a precious, precious right we have to be able to get this information and be on equal footing with the administration, mm. the most powerful country in the world, and, you know, an incoming uh, the potential next president of the United States, because there's no other country in the world that allows this type of right to access for government information in, in such a powerful way. It's just, well, Tom, I'm God, we're I, in America. That's all I can I, say. I may, I may have to call you off the air because I may need your help on a few things because the um, we have some issues that that we're dealing with with the government and uh, not releasing things that we know they have. Um, and so we can talk about that some other time. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, sure. The, uh, the DOJ um, refused the FBI's request to investigate the foundation. How unusual is that, and how corrupt is the DOJ? <laughs> wow. Uh, it's like the Johnny, Car- uh, Johnny Carson line. I don't know. How corrupt is the DOJ? It's just uh, it's unfathomable what they're able to do. And what's really outrageous, if this report is true, that they turned aside the request for a criminal investigation, the same Department of Justice, their public integrity section, you love that name, they were working with Lois Lerner's IRS to concoct prosecutions of the very groups that the IRS under Obama was suppressing. And yet they've got all of this material suggesting pay-for-play, extortion, bribery, violations of ethics agreements, violations of ethics laws, and they don't even want to begin looking. That that really tells you that there's something wrong there. And we should expect and demand that any any new Justice Department, whether Democrat or Republican, uh, look at this issue. Have and they, Tom, have, 
have, have the people in the Justice Department uh, and the FBI, have they just given up? Or are they, or are they thinking, you know, it's going to change? Or are they waiting for the right time? What, what's happening? Because there's a ton of really good people in Justice and the FBI. Are they afraid to come out and say, because if you got 10 of them to walk out and say, this is ridiculous what's going on, it could make an impact. Or am I wrong? Uh, you're right, uh, but uh, the consequences of doing that are something that are uh, some folks don't want to have to put up with. Uh, I tell you, whistleblowers who uh, speak up and speak out, uh, they face a choice. Either talk, uh, talk out of school and try to do the right thing um, uh, or just keep on working because your career's over. I know. Even with help, Maybe your career's often over. I know. Um, one more thing. Julian Assange. Do you? He insinuated this week that he had an operative inside the DNC, Seth Rich, who was murdered. Do you think that's hogwash? I have one one guy on my staff that says who's done a lot of stuff on the Russians, and Julian Assange says he's a Russian operative, and this smells like Russian garbage. Um, others say they believe him. Where where do you stand on that? Have you done anything with Julian Assange? I, you know, I, I think that's curious. Uh, uh, you know, I, I live here in Washington D.C., so senseless murders are par for the course. So usually, the simplest explanation is the most likely one. Uh, but I can imagine the Russians glorying in disinformation or the suggestion that there was uh, some sort of untoward aspect, a political aspect to the murder in Washington. Uh, so it's hard to read. But this is a problem, a mess Mrs. Clinton has made because she made her email susceptible to hacking. The FBI assumed it's been done. And so now uh, she and our political system is a plaything uh, for a foreign government that doesn't really wish us well. Somebody said to me the other day that if Clinton gets in, we will not have another clean, we, I mean, not that we have clean elections, but there's no way to stop uh, dirty politicians from winning again. I know you have a book coming out at the end of the month, Clean House, and you take on voter fraud. Do you believe that, that by 2020 we don't have fair elections anymore? Yeah, I, I think the left wants to be able to steal elections. Why else would you be against voter ID or even requiring that someone certify they're a citizen before they register to vote? Uh, it, it's They want it as insurance, and uh, they want the ability to, to sway elections illegally. I have no doubt of that. And uh, it's um, uh, it, even worse, it's going to suppress voter turnout because if they, even if they think the elections are fixed or rigged, yeah. uh, people won't vote. Yeah. Um, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. Thank you so much. Um, God bless. Judicialwatch.org. We we started doing the show together, I think, Glenn, in 1998. And I remember even back then, uh, Judicial Watch was breaking big stories about the Clintons. Yeah. Back then. This is is their their bread and butter has been for 20 years. And they are on the front line, uh, on the front line of this. And it's getting scary because, Stu, you remember. 20 years ago, these things would break and they'd be big deals. Yeah. And they're uh, not anymore. Yeah. It's hard or just to get, not anymore. Pay attention to them. Now this, you're busy. You have a business to run. And then somebody says he's, you know, he's going to leave and he's going to start, um, he'll start his own business in, you know, Tennessee. You need to find somebody, but you're busy. How do you find the best recruit, the best candidate 
Well, ZipRecruiter.com is how we do it. ZipRecruiter.com. You can post on 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook or Twitter, all with a single click. You find a candidate in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once, and you watch your qualified candidate roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. There's no juggling of calls. There's uh, you know, no worries about emails. You just quickly screen the candidates. You rate them, and then you hire that person fast so you can get back to work. You are a busy entrepreneur. This is the way to hire people. This is the best way. This is the way we hire people. ZipRecruiter. Been used by over 800,000 businesses. Post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free right now by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck program the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment the glenn beck program mercury The Glenn Beck Program. Okay. <sighs> Michael Phelps is going to have heavy luggage. He's doing well. He's doing very well, and he's going to have very... Doing really well. If he were a nation, <laughs> he has middle... Take, and keep in mind, nations have competed for 120 years. 120 years. He's ahead of 84 of them. <laughs> Wow. He's medal count. 40, he's 40. He, that's 84 who have medaled. There's probably another 40 who have never medaled. So 84 countries that have yeah. medaled over 100 and some years. He's like number 47 on the list. And if, <laughs> if you go by gold alone, he's 37th or 38th. Oh, my gosh. He, he's unbelievable. And that's in see, five Olympics. I would love to. I'm sure we couldn't get this, but I would love to have in our museum and just for one summer his medals oh my gosh can you imagine what a stunning i think that would bring thousands what a stunning accomplishment to have all of those medals you should ask him i mean you uh, need a reinforced wall to hang them on yes jeez the glenn beck program No, no, I know you're dead serious. I know that we're, I'm sorry, but we're having a conversation off air. Stu says he has something very important to talk about. I think both Pat and I share the passion for this. The Taco Bell Crunch Wrap? Uh, well, the Triple Double uh, Crunch Wrap. <laughs> uh, we're talking. It's the most delicious substance on earth. Mm-hmm. So, really? It. We did the yeah. research. We've discovered yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't think you've discovered it. They've been advertising it everywhere. Well, I mean, that's a, it's a technical. Well, like you went into the, into the forest deep in the jungles, and you were like, 
We're looking for the greatest food. You saw it advertised. You pulled up to a Taco Bell. We, well, we, we had to travel like two miles. Yeah. And wow. if we had to go to the yeah. jungle to find it, we would have. It just happened yes. to be nearby. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk about that and a giant controversy that is brewing here in our own studios. I would love to hear your opinion on this. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So during the break, uh, a couple of employees came in and apparently in the, uh, in the uh, studios, in the offices, there was a giant controversy and one person came to me and said, I know you don't know about this and you've got to stop it right now because... Something is going to happen, and you are going to blow your lid. And I said, my gosh, what is it? And they said, we have accepted advertising from Donald Trump. Now. For his presidential bid. Yes. Right? Not for his his cologne or his vodka. No. No. We've accepted it for his presidential bid. Asking asking our audience for money. You have to accept presidential. No, not on the internet. You don't. Political. On the internet, there's different rules than really? broadcast. No, different. Really? That's broadcast run by FCC. Wow. I didn't realize they, that. Oh. If you've ever heard, there's been, uh, occasionally there's controversies where like a KKK member yeah. will air an ad saying, you know what's really bad is black people. And, and they'll be like, I can't believe this is airing. But the stations have no choice. They, they have, to air it. Air it. have to air it. They have to air it. For a political ad, it must be aired when it's on yes. broadcast radio. Correct. But that so, does not apply to the internet. Do you think I knew about this? Do you think I, if I did, if I was for or against it? Well, well, I mean, and where are you guys? Knowing you, I pretty much can guess where you're at. But I would say that that almost, I would say no when I stay. You'd say no. Mm. You'd say that I would say no. no I would. Jeffy would say no. Jeffy would say no. And I'm not one to you not think take I, money. So you think, <laughs> right. and you think I would say yes. Yeah. Why? Eh, because you'd think that it, you know, hey, it's, and this is for which website? Uh, it's for a, uh, a dedicated email. Oh. And the email goes out and it says. It's a Trump ad. Yeah, it's a Trump ad. Yeah, you'll say yes, even though it'll mm. look like you're. Mm-hmm. Well, endorsing him. the problem is we've no, been down no. this road before, and I and I know what happens. The, uh, there's going to be a lot of you know people who say, "How can you run that ad? How can you accept money from that person? That's hypocrisy." Yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the Pat Gray approach to everything. I love that. Shut up. Just mocking mock in a high pitched voice. Shut up <laughs> in a low pitched voice. I love that. I love it too. It's my favorite. Um, I because first of all, we have. I mean, so wait a minute. So what do you think I'll do? I, I, what do I think you'll do? Yeah. I, w- because we've been down this road before and I've yeah. seen it, I think you'd, you'll, t- you'll take it. You'll take the money. You'll take his money. And is it because I just want the money? Well, sure. but Well, in part <laughs> because you're a capitalist. Uh, but also, I think you'll believe that our listeners are smart enough to work things out for themselves. And why, 
you know, we always want more voices, not less. So right? would I take money? That's that? a good point. Would I That's take it. money from Hillary Clinton and run an ad on the show from Hillary Clinton? <laughs> That's a little tougher. That is. I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I feel they're both, I equally, they're both equally horrible. Um, I, I, to me, I think the answer is we respect the audience enough to be able to. They're going to see ads on every broadcast them, that they look at. Let them noodle it out. Let them. Let, they need to make up their mind on their own. More we shouldn't be silencing less. Donald Trump. We've invited him on the show many times. Yeah, we'd invite Hillary Clinton. We'd have Hillary on. Hell yeah. On an, as an interview. Consider this an open invitation, Hillary. Yeah. Please. Yeah, so I think you would, yes. Okay, so here's the thing. Stu is right. I have said this guy has not reached out to our audience ever. You've complained about it. Yes, ever. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think you matter, ever. Now, I'd like him to come on the show and be able to talk about things and actually let's let's have a discussion here. He's never going to do that. But this is a recognition that he needs this audience. Mm, yeah. This is a recognition of I'm getting my ass kicked and I have to go to Glenn frickin Beck and his audience because I need those 10 million people to consider me. After he said he's opposite earlier that I don't need them. I don't want them. Right. It's funny. Didn't we? So, just, uh, first of all, raising the prices on all those. First of, yeah. <laughs> first of all. I, I would do this for Hillary Clinton. I would do this for any candidate. I would not do it for David Duke. No. Okay? David Duke is a Klan member. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to say no to Klan members. Or was at one time. Former, yeah. I don't know that he is. Now. Whatever. He is running, though, right? I think it's once a Klan member, kind of always a Klan member. Maybe it's just me. Um, Robert Bird. Yeah. Uh, so... He hasn't changed his his point of view. I think Donald Trump is dangerous. I think he is scary as hell. But I think Hillary Clinton is, and he is a he is one of the two choices now that probably seventy percent of this audience will either hold their nose or go out and vote for. Uh, who am I to limit him and hold him back? From approaching this audience when I have asked him to come on and I have asked him, do, does our audience not care? I mean, do you not care about our audience? Does our audience not count at all? You don't want our audience ever? You, these 10 million people you can just write off? I've wanted him to reach out and make a plea. So he is. Now, he's not, he's not man enough and doesn't have the balls to come on and say it. But I'll take his money. Mm -hmm. It's not blood money. It's not like I'm taking money from the mob. Yeah, I mean, I, look, we... we well, we maybe, well, actually, a, maybe... I, bad example, but... That's a bad example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we would always... I mean, I, I, particularly when it comes to political speech, there's very few limitations. And, I, you, know, I, you know, you bring up one that, that's probably a good one, but there, very few limitations. Like, if Jill Stein uh, from the Green Party... Uh, came out and wanted to advertise to this audience. Would you Would you have any problem with that? Nope. I don't care. I mean, they really... I mean, I would think they're wasting their money. But yes. I, but, I, but I'll take the money. Right. Okay. And she's essentially... I mean, that's a socialist party, essentially. Yeah. She's not going to advertise. No. But I wouldn't be fine with it. I mean, yeah. accepting advertising... We take advertising... We don't... I mean, you know, we don't... 
live spots are different. Right. You're, you wouldn't endorse. I would never endorse him. But I would never endorse him. I mean, look, we had this. We had this uh, question. Oh, ten years ago, Glenn, would you run advertising for alcohol on your on your program? Yes, I'll drink people it on dr- the air if you want. <laughs> Call up now. People don't. People drink alcohol. It's not illegal. I don't. I don't recommend it. I won't endorse it. But yes, it's a legal product. Why wouldn't I? Yes, prostitution is legal in Nevada. Would you? No, I wouldn't do that because well, I think it's immoral. Right, but you don't drink for partially those reasons too. I, no, think- I don't think it. No, no, no. I don't think alcohol is immoral. I think it. Uh, I think it uh, is dangerous to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the with the wrong people like me, it's doubly dangerous and destroys families. But I know most people can handle it. It's not immoral. It sounds like it's, it's like saying that the gun kills people. <laughs> alcohol just is. It's what you do under the influence of alcohol that you know what you're doing. I don't buy into this crap. I had no idea. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> it just loosened you up enough to go do what you really have inside of you. Right. The point here is that there's very few limitations. And even when it comes to products, there are very few limitations of what you would accept as advertising because we respect the audience enough to decipher. When it comes to political speech, there's almost none. I mean, I, you know, I guess, I mean, you would, I mean, the fact that we're talking about David Duke actually running brings him into the conversation but, I mean, outside of that sort of crazy extreme, and, again, no matter you know what, what, you'd still hear those ads yeah. on our affiliates because they yes. can't say yes. no to them. Yes. So, I mean, I, I, you know. I, I, I don't. I mean, I think this is, I think, and Donald Trump, I'm sure, didn't expect this conversation to have. No way. Um, uh, to be happening. And I'm sure that Donald Trump, um, you know, if he did, I don't even think he thought, I don't think he was involved in this. His campaign sure. did all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this should be recognized as Donald Trump is in so much trouble. He is now paying me to run ads on my show or in my on my website, my email newsletters, to reach out to an audience that he said he didn't need, nor does he even want. <laughs> That's how much trouble they're in. That's To me, that speaks volumes. Volumes. And, and honestly, as I said just yesterday, and I've been saying since, since Ted Cruz got out, I won't vote for him, but I don't condemn the people who do. Yeah, we if don't tell you, anybody not to vote for yeah, him. If you, think, if you think Donald Trump is going to be Abraham Lincoln, you know, and you're thinking, like, he has God's choice because he is just the greatest man, you are delusional and you're a nut job. But it's your right to be a nut job. That's what you believe. I think most of the people in this audience are trying to decide, can I vote for him? And 70% of this audience says... Yeah, I can, because Hillary is so bad. And even if I have to hold my nose. That's the justification. Okay. I'm not trying to talk you out of that. I tell you what I think every day about things. But I, I know and I recognize I'm in the vast minority. And I can't do it. 
but others can. And it, we have people come by the studios all the time. They're like, Glenn, I'd love to change your mind about Donald Trump. Well, I'd like my mind to be changed, too. But cupcake, you're not going to do it <laughs> because I've done my homework, a lot more homework than you have. Yeah. And I've already made up my mind. And so let's not discuss it because I, 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 I don't need nor do I want to change your mind. I haven't tried. I, honestly, I don't want to change anybody's mind on Donald Trump at this point unless you are thinking it is it's my relationship at the end, I'm going to lose credibility in the end. I'm going to lose, I'm going to, I'm going to have to answer for this uh, in the end, and I don't want my name on it. If that's the kind of road that you even are thinking, you know, along the lines of, and you're wondering, don't do it. Don't do it. But if it's just a political thing to you, I don't want to change your mind. I don't have to change your mind because just a political thing, I can't make a good case just politically. I cannot make a good case that she's better, he's worse. He's better, she's worse. I can't. They're both nightmares. I mean, I am. And and the thing is, we are not in the business of trying to hide information from you. If a candidate wants to make a direct pitch to you, you should hear it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I invite him on the show, and he could have done that for free. And he would have gotten a lot more bang for his time Mm -hmm. than his buck. I would. I'd have him on for free. We'd like to have him on. Like uh, to have him I mean, on. At this point, I don't know if there's any point to it, but whatever. I, I mean, and, and well, I, I mean, did you ever think he would be spending money to to advertise on my products? <laughs> you ever think that Donald Trump would ever say, "Yeah, go ahead and write that check to Glenn Beck"? No. The guy who he said... And after we've talked about it, maybe he I was won't. just thinking the same. John <laughs> might pull well, the plug on too. that. That's yeah. fine, too. Yeah. I don't care. Um, so to review, the only person who said no to running the ad was Jeffy, the person I, with the lowest standards. Yeah, that makes me no. question everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. My, my, my feeling so? was is that it would look like you were endorsing him. You've talked me out of that a little bit because I don't... I don't people are going to, oh, you, you hate Donald Trump, but now you're endorsing him. No, I'm not endorsing it, it. Oh, you, you hate Donald to those Trump. people? Shut up. Yeah. That's and, and you know, you okay. hate Donald Trump, but yet you'll take his money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hate a lot of people, but, uh, yeah, if, I mean, unless it's Don Corleone, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to take blood money. Jeffy hates you. He is, takes your money all the this time. This is political. This is political content. Yeah, wait a minute. What did you, what did nothing, you say? Uh, nothing. Let's go to commercial. And now this. It's Donald German, Trump. German Economic Research Institute found that Germany's largest bank, Deutsche Bank, has a capital gap that is greater than Deutsche's entire market cap. Is that bad? <laughs> Slightly. Okay. It's, it's a little concerning. Is it? You don't worry your pretty little head. Uh, no, I'm not. Oh. Following the release of that news, some have speculated the only way to protect Deutsche Bank against future shocks is to nationalize that bank. Wow. There's nothing better than the wow. nationalization of banks. Especially in Germany. Oh, oh. Uh, nationalization <laughs> in Germany really go when hand you in get hand. Into don't they? Populism and nationalism <laughs> in fun. Germany. It's, it's fun. Yes. Yes. Especially socialist 
nationalist yes. and populist. Yeah, great, great combination. <laughs> great. Fun great. with a capital F. Yeah, yeah. It does have an F in it. Yes, sometimes. it does. Yes, it does. Um, call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-465-3546. If you see the writing on the wall, you see what's coming. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It's coming. <sighs> call GOLDLINE now and find out if gold or silver is right for you. In your IRA or your uh, 401k, I think you can do it in your 401k too. Uh, Just ask them. There are ways for you to invest in your retirement. And you can have physical gold in your retirement funds. They know all about it. Just ask them. Read their important risk information. You're smart enough. Do your own homework. Call 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, I love this. I love, I, uh, I love the fact that uh, the internet is already starting to light up. What Glenn Beck sold out. Really? Did I? Because he could take his money mm-hmm. and he could go away and I don't, I don't care. I didn't go to him. He came crawling to us as his people. I mean, look at, look at, here, here's a quote. It's okay. <laughs> If I lose, it's okay. I go back to a very good way of life. Who is saying that? What candidate is telegraphing if I lose? That's what he So we were talking about earlier about no energy, low energy, already deciding that it's It's over. Yeah. Already deciding it's over. And he's trying to he's trying to create a cushion for himself now because he doesn't like to lose. Right. And so he's trying to create a scenario where "Ah, I didn't care about that anyway. I mean he's already laid some of that groundwork. I gave it up. If he laid that groundwork with yep. saying uh, that uh, the, the election was fixed. He wants yes. a fair All moderator. All this week he's been laying that groundwork. Fair moderator for the how, debates or he's not going to be How many it. people, honestly, how many people who, you know, hate my guts now because of Donald Trump will be pissed at him? The answer, by the way, is zero. Yeah. Um, will be pissed at him for writing a check and coming to us and Nobody having will. to advertise. No one. No one. They, they won't. But if they were consistent, if they were intellectually honest. Oh, please. I know. But if they were intellectually honest, wait a minute. Aren't I the guy, aren't I the loser that has no ratings, that has no audience? Right. I have no audience. Those are the same people that were. Why are you writing us a giant check for the audience that doesn't exist? Did you see? You don't need, nor do you want. Did you see the uh, Facebook post I did uh, yesterday or the day before? Um, Which was, I just, for fun couldn't help myself, went back to March when uh, you threatened to stab me to death on the air and everyone tried to turn that into you stabbing Donald Trump. And they all wanted you arrested. They all wanted the Secret Service to come and arrest you. And I just went back and pulled all their tweets. And then what were they tweeting about yesterday uh, or the day before when Donald Trump said the Second Amendment thing? And people were saying, well, it was a threat and he should be a Secret Service should go visit him. Now, I don't think either one of them were threats. Mm -hmm. Uh, However... 
Uh, shockingly, you're going to be stunned to hear they wanted you arrested and they want they were defending Donald Trump. They were all they couldn't believe the media would spin this in this crazy way so to make funny. it look terrible. So Arrest Donald Trump for what? All he did was make a joke. It was no big deal. Back a couple of months ago, it was these bastards. How dare they? The Secret Service and the FBI should the be way, at Glenn Beck's door. By the way, when the FBI or the Secret Service came to us late in the afternoon, they apologized. I remember that. They were like, I am so sorry. We just have to button this up. You know how many times they visited Donald Trump after that? Twice. He's denying it, but that's what they're saying. Twice. Twice. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. You know, uh, Bob Beckel said um, the, about Julian Assange, who I think is a very bad guy, and working with the Russians. I want you to hear what Bob Beckel said. Listen to this. I say it's the way to deal with this is pretty simple. We got special ops forces. I mean, a, a dead man can't leak stuff. This guy's a traitor, a treasonous, and, and, and he has broken every law of the United States. The guy ought to be. Wait. And I'm not for the death penalty. So if I'm not for the death penalty, I only want to do it illegally. Shoot the son of a. Uh, Julian Assange isn't American, is he? Just we're going to send in what the hell is he our seals are now traitor. assassins, and we're just going to send an assassin to shoot him illegally. Illegally shoot him? He's not an American. What he's is, living and in he's another not an country. American. He's he didn't commit treason. What and he's living about? in an embassy <laughs> of another country. <laughs> I mean, this is insanity. Where's the story about the guy who was accused of rape? Yeah, a college. I don't remember the name, what college it was, but he was accused of rape. Yep. um, By some girl he hooked up with. Um, The school expelled him from school without even getting his side of the story. No, no, beyond that. Or allowing him to hear her side of the story so he could defend himself. Just out. Didn't matter. When did due process go away? We are so screwed up and so full of rage right now, and it's not going to get better unless we take steps ourselves and try to connect to good things and do the right things. I want to bring in John Hagee. John Hagee is a guy who had death threats before any of us were ever born. Well, not you, Jeffy. Um, He was... Uh, when I was running around wetting myself, he was getting death threats because he was taking very unpopular stands. Um, and he has stood for the things that are right his whole life. And Pat and I, we sat, were you with us, Stu? We sat with John Hagee one time in, where was it, Washington? And we sat down and both of us wept after we left. This is the most maligned guy I think I've ever met. He is nothing like the press presents him as, nothing like you read about online. He is kind, funny, considerate, brave, and uh, that's not his image. John Hagee, welcome to the program. 
How are Thank you, John? Thank you, Glenn Beck. It's a pleasure to hear your voice. Uh, it's good to hear you. How are you feeling? I'm doing well, thank God. You are doing something at the at the Kentucky Exhibition Center in uh, Louisville, found uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and I actually am trying my best to be there. I, I want to be there for this. Um, you're the uh, Military Warrior Support Foundation. Yes. You you are giving homes away to Gold Star Gold Star families and um, and families that. Uh, have wounded warriors? Yes. We started this program years ago with uh, Lieutenant General Leroy Sisko. And uh, at the American Gospel Celebration that's going to be held in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, it's a, a celebration of faith and freedom. But we're honoring military veterans each night of this event. And uh, by presenting them a brand-new home to to a special military family, that has served the United States of America. If there was ever a time that our military needed to hear our encouragement, it's right now because in this presidential administration, our military has been reduced in number, in force. Uh, the military equipment that they've been given is substandard for the jobs they're asked to do. And at this uh, American Gospel Celebration, we want to send a message to the military that we support you and we certainly appreciate your service. Hey, John, can I ask you a question? I don't want to get into politics with you, but I, uh, can I ask you, is, is the, um, the moral fiber um, of the country further frayed than you thought it was? It's unbelievable how rapidly America has morally and spiritually declined. But it is true that the more we get away from the Bible, the more secular we become. And the more secular we become, the more ungodly we become. Because when you attach yourselves to the opinions of men, you are detached from reality and the solid rock of civilization, which is the Bible. Uh, Who would have ever believed that we would live in a society where... um, People have degenerated to a point to where they can get on television and talk about selling baby body parts and laugh about it, that uh, we we look at the American family and uh, watch it disintegrating, and we applaud those who abandon uh, marital fidelity and those who uh, are absolutely uh, doing everything in their power to destroy the foundation of the American culture, which is the family and the church and the Constitution of the United States of America. John, I'm, I'm amazed that the truth doesn't even matter anymore. You, we're coming out, you know, um, uh, there are emails released. There are, uh, you know, both sides are, are coming out and they're making statements and they are blatantly lying and nobody cares. Nobody cares. I, I think the people are just in uh, a state of shock and disgust with all the continual scandals. I, I think we have a, an exhaustion with scandals that have come down the road. So many, so much 
they get away with it. They deny it. They only admit the truth when they're absolutely trapped. And by that time, they say, well, it's all news. That's all news. Let's just move on. And so it has been that uh, now in this latest thing, the uh, president of the United States told the uh, federal government not to pursue any yeah. kind of investigation because, uh, and that's that is the thing that is enraging the American people. We have an imperial Congress that does not live by the laws that they establish for the rest of us to live. Nobody does. And we we live in a we live in a country right now that's in great danger when our policemen are being shot in the streets, and uh, you have such rage. Uh, it would not take much for this country to be in a state of civil civil division. Um, John, there. Um you know, as you as you uh, look at this, I, I remember reading the scriptures when I was younger and going, I can't believe how stupid these people are. I mean, it just happened four pages ago. And you look at society in the scriptures repeating the same mistakes. And I honestly remember thinking, um, how did these people not see this? I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. How did they not see it? Here we are. We are those people right now. Exactly so. Uh, I uh, went to Germany on one occasion, and I was talking to a group of German people, and I said, how in the world did you elect Hitler? And they told me, said that, you know, Hitler was a minor political personality until in a matter of eight days he went from just one member of the Congress to not just the head of the state, but the Fuhrer. And he, they said he came promising peace, he came promising change, he came promising hope, and we bought it and we paid an awesome price for it. The American people need to wake up to the fact that this nation is standing on the precipice. We must embrace the, the cornerstones of civilization that have preserved us, and that is truth and honor and integrity and the basic principles of civilization established by God himself. Tell me, tell me what the American Gospel Celebration is. You can find out and get tickets at AmericanGospelCelebration.com. The American what is actually Gospel happening? Celebration is going to be September the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, hang on just a second, John. I'm going to be Hold speaking up. Thursday Hold. and Friday night, and my son Matthew is going to be speaking on Saturday morning. As you said, we're going to be giving away... Uh, a home to a military family, and we're going to have performing artists, the Grammy and Dub Award-winning Diamond Rio, Lee Greenwood, Larry Gatlin, the Crab family, Canton Junction, the Isaacs, and, and many more. This is going to be an effort to bring healing, and the body, the soul, and the spirit of America could use some healing right now. Uh, we can't agree on everything, but we can come together as God's people and uh, renew our faith and confidence in God himself and have a unified prayer for this nation to survive. That's what we're doing here September the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the American Gospel Celebration John, in Louisville, Kentucky, the Freedom I, Hall. First of all, I want, you to, I want you to know it's not Louisville, it's Louisville. Louisville. We have to come together on that. Got to come together on that. Say it with me. It's All right, Louisville. Louisville. No, no, no. <laughs> Louisville. 
Louisville. Louisville. Um, yeah, there you Thank go. You. There you go. There you okay, go. so um, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, because I've wanted to come, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to get there. Um, but I'm a kind of a divisive figure right now. I don't mean to be, but I, but I always am. I'm kind of a divisive figure right now. I know you're trying to bring people together. Would it be a bad thing if I came? Absolutely not. Uh, that's the, we, we've got to get away from this division concept that you can't bring him because he's controversial. Uh, you know, the, I lived under that banner for a long time. When I started uh, uh, doing events for the nation of Israel, I got blasted from both sides for a while because the Jewish people didn't trust me, and the Christians said, you betrayed us. And uh, for years, uh, it was... Um, you 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 couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything that wasn't maligned by someone who just wanted to wipe your existence out or wipe yeah. your reputation out. So I'm just saying that uh, absolutely, Glenn, we'd be glad to have you. We we welcome every American that's for America. We yeah. welcome everyone that's looking for an opportunity uh, to bring our our nation closer to the Lord. Yeah. and uh, help heal the wounds that are dividing this country. I don't think America has been this divided since the Civil War. If someone wants to get tickets, they can go to the AmericanGospelCelebration.com. That's yeah. AmericanGospelCelebration.com, and they'll guide you on how to get there. AmericanGospelCelebration.com. John, I hope yes. to see you uh, the first weekend of September in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and, uh, and I, I know the kind of events you put on and it is going to be fun and uh, spiritually uplifting. Thank you very much, John. God bless you. And thank you so much. You bet. American gospel celebration, uh, dot com. Okay. Let's look at our, uh, sponsor here. Donald Trump for president 2016. <laughs> He's a great candidate. That's going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is not an endorsement. Your home insurance company wants you to get a home security system. And they want you to get fire. They want you to, you know, they want you to um, have a security system on your house. So burglary, but also for fire and, uh, and gases, et cetera, et cetera. And Simply Safe can do all of that. And depending on your insurance, you can save like 20% on your insurance policy. So you're going to save a ton of money there. Plus, you're going to go, if you have uh, monitoring, um, you know, with all the wired system in your house, you are probably paying anywhere from 40 to $60 a month on monitoring. Uh, you're going to reduce that down to $14.99. All you have to do is go and get a new system from simplysafe.com. Now, this system is really, I mean, they try, they... They oversell and overpackage and overprice everything. This is the latest technology for your home. You install it. There's no wiring. You keep it. So if you move, you take it with you. This is yours. No contracts and $14.99 uh, a month. Plus, if you go to simplysafebeck.com right now, you're going to save an extra 10%. So that's 10% off the system. That is going from, let's say, low-end $40 a month to $14.99 a month and 20% off your home insurance. Well, I don't know. It sounds like a no-brainer. SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I'm going to be at Red State, the Red State Gathering uh, tonight in Denver. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm back leaving here, hopping on a plane, going to be out in Denver this evening. A lot of people are going to be there. Go to redstategathering.com. I'd love to see you. I'm going to be speaking on where do we go from here and how do we find truth. uh, Redstategathering.com in Denver, Colorado. That is this weekend. I'm going to speak there tonight. Could we play the Will Smith? I've missed this all week, but before we wrap things up for the week, Play Will Smith's comment. And as painful as it is to hear uh, Donald Trump talk and as embarrassing it is as an American to hear him talk, I think it's good. We get to hear it. We get to know who people are. And now we get to cleanse it out of our country. Wait, what? We do? We get to cleanse it out of our country? That is really frightening talk. You're talking about cleansing a nation of something? That That is just as frightening as anything I've heard Donald Trump say. Up to the cleansing, I kind of agree. I agree with him totally. Sort of, except for these idiots in Hollywood are never embarrassed by the socialism and Marxism and communism that's babbled the, the by Bill everybody around them. Bill Ayers. Love it. Bill, Bill Ayers. Ayers. You, you don't hear Bill right. Ayers? This guy is right. dangerous. Dangerous. So is, for that matter, so is Bernie Sanders and so is Hillary Clinton. They're all dangerous. Yeah. Their Marxism theology is dangerous, and it's anti-constitutional, and it's anti-American. They're not embarrassed by any of that. They're damn proud of that. They would never say cleanse it. And they I mean, certainly wouldn't cleanse. I, I really, I like Will Smith. I, I got to believe too, that he didn't man. mean cleanse, as in the progressive sort of cleansing. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know I, because people like Bill Ayers, which they don't speak out about. Never. They do talk about killing 25 million Americans that disagree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to believe anymore. And the guy could run for president in 2020. Absolutely. I think we have Will Smith, The Rock, in 2020. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Mercury.